You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Joining me now is John Chapman. You probably know him, and I know there's a lot of crossover with 49ers pods. Uh, Folks that tend to listen to one listen to a number of them. 49ers Rush podcast. I love your bio, by the way, John. says you once took shots with Frank Gore. I think we might have to start there because I've never heard that story. Welcome to Locked On 49ers again. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk. Man, I really appreciate it, and it's it's interesting because I feel like you're like the busiest guy in the 49ers like universe uh, from the media side because you're just all over the place, man. You put out so much content, big fan, glad to be here, and yeah, uh, I was able to throw a Super Bowl party in Miami, South Beach, kind of organized like a whole event there, and <laughs> we got enough scratch together to hire Frank Gore to come out and do some autographs. It was a really good time. A lot of faithful came out there, and after the autographs and stuff, we were just kind of hanging out and started doing shots with Frank Gore, and so uh, got to hang out a little bit. He is as advertised, just super friendly. I mean, there, there's no fakeness to that man. He's just Frank Gore, um, and it was awesome. awesome. Yeah, uh, it was a good time. What is Frank Gore's shot of choice? Tequila? <laughs> okay so yes we were doing tequila shots now I, I don't frank gore might get mad at me for this one the funny thing is he um he had a very fruity drink and after each shot would run <laughs> and pick up his iced fruity drink uh to wash down the tequila with uh it, it became quite comical but hey man everybody's got their own thing and uh yeah it was it was pretty cool being with him and Man, it's interesting because you see you see film and you watch him all the time. You stand next to him. He's not big. Like, he's not a big dude. He's he's short, all those things, but just freaking amazing human being. Just really cool guy. Well, look, I don't think it's a big deal for Frank Gore when 49ers current general manager reportedly once <laughs> took down, what, 34 Mai Tais at the Pro Bowl? Hey man, you, you do what you got to do. It's it's the Mai Tai place when you're out there. And uh, hey man, I'm a pina colada guy when I go on vacation. I never touch okay. them, but if I'm like you know in Mexico or something like that, man, give me a pina colada. I'm all about it. Oh yeah, I'm a big time margarita guy. I, I almost don't like to order them though because I'm so particular and I prefer just to make my own as a former bartender. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic stuff. Frank Gore, one of the best. I can't wait till he finally signs that one day contract. Unfortunately, probably will not be signing. Uh, a contract that is longer than one day with the 49ers, but retiring a 49er as he should. And look, come coach running backs at some point too. Bobby Turner can't coach forever, right? You, you'd think not, but man, he just seems to step up his game every year. And I, I love the fact that they finally not only threw him one bone, but two bones this year in the draft class. Uh, I, I was not expecting that at all. No. But, man, it, it's going to be a welcome added addition in that running back room because we've had so many injuries there. And now it's like, all right, we, we can deal with some injuries now. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. But since Shanahan's been here, everybody in the running back room is getting hurt but Juice. And even Juice missed a couple games. So, Yeah, depth is super important to any running back room, I think. With the 49ers, it's been even more important. And look, Bobby Turner can coach him up. Kyle Shanahan can scheme it up. And 
most backs can have success in this offense with, you know, a few exclusions. And I have no doubt this rookie class will be the same with Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. I want to talk about those guys and the rest of the rookie class with you, John. But real quick, shout out to 49ers Twitter. I put the question out there earlier today, in fact. I was like, yeah, I want to have some more guests. I'm tired of just me talking about the the draft class. I feel like most people know kind of how I feel about them, and I am going to break down and give more of my thoughts on the draft class and do some, you know, more film work and and my more in-depth scouting reports on all of the 49ers prospects. I've done a few already, but I like having some other voice filter in on the pod as well. And I put it out there. I said, look, uh, you know, shoot me some names. Who, who do you guys want to hear on Lockdown 49ers coming up in the offseason? And you were one of the first names that popped up. So I shot you a DM immediately. And within 30 minutes, had you booked for a show. Uh, the second name that came up, I think, was George Kittle. That might take a little bit longer to, for, for me to get here on the podcast. But uh, it's always really cool, and it's a really cool community of 49ers fans. So shout out to 49ers Twitter, even though sometimes I fight with, you know, a very small minority of those folks. It's usually it's a really positive thing, and uh, I love the connection, and I like to talk to the other podcasters because, look, we might compete somewhat, but I feel like it's it's more of a just a really great team of folks that cover the 49ers. And I'm talking about podcasters and writers and blogs and and beat riders and it's there's the, the 49ers are one of the most well-covered teams in the NFL, probably the most well-covered team in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I have friends that are Eagles fans and, you know, I grew up in Dallas and all that stuff there. We are spoiled and there are just so many great people out there that just bring something different. You got to kind of find your flavor um, of how you want the 49ers covered. But again, there is no shortage of coverage on this team. And I love it. The more the merrier, I say, uh, bring it on. People always reach out to me about starting a podcast and what you got to do. And I'm like, heck yes, uh, just get it going. Get your content out there. Get as much out there as possible. And, you know, I got to say to you too, man, I, I wanted to bring this up, Brian. Um, you saved me about a month ago. I was going through some technical difficulties, man, and I was pulling my hair out. <laughs> Things were just going wrong, and you swooped in like a Superman and saved the day. So really appreciate that, man. Oh yeah, no problem. I, I love helping people out, and I've been doing audio stuff for so long, and it's it's why this came so natural to me. You know, talking about sports, and I was a musician for a long time, and, and recording music and that's where my audio knowledge came from so the audio side of stuff came very easily for me most people that jump into this they know the ball and they want to talk ball but they don't have the the technical efficiency to do all this stuff so I was in a unique position when I first started podcasting and uh, my first podcast I was doing at San Francisco State for the, the radio station there and it was like 2006 so it's been a long time since I first podcasted Podomatic was the first time our our radio show was put up on a podcast by the way which is which is really funny, but um, it's been a long time. And so like the audio side of it has always been very strong for me. So I've had the unique ability to be really good with the audio and technically being able to do it and then talk about the game and, you know, been a draft Nick for so long. And so uh, that's, that's where early on it was just a natural fit for me to start breaking out. And even though I was doing broadcasting, working in radio to do this kind of stuff, and it's really fun to see how podcasting has taken off and it's its own industry now and a lot of ways taken over some radio and and, and can just continues to grow. It's 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 amazing and, and so many good folks putting out so much content. So it's really cool for folks to have that option. Um and, and I, I do want to say so you mentioned actually your your Miami trip that you set up during the Super Bowl. Which Super Bowl was that? It was the, yeah the the recent Super Bowl the most recent uh, just, okay yeah when the forty nine well when the forty ers were there yeah we threw an awesome party uh it, it was a good time man we had a, about one hundred and fifty people showed up and uh, it was pretty cool it was a good time I feel like there's a Super Bowl every other year in Miami so that's one I want to make sure which one we were talking about there and uh, you have some things set up with a road trip right I want to make sure I mention this before I forget at the end of the pod and I want you to be able to. 
uh, let folks know about it that haven't heard about it yet. And I'm guessing the the three road trip games that you're setting up for some 49ers fans to hang out and, and meet and greet and, and watch the games are maybe some of your favorites because one of them is the Chicago Bears game. And the first time I saw the schedule, I thought, man, Chicago, Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, that would be that would be a fantastic game. That would be absolutely my first draft pick of road games to go to this year. And Halloween weekend as well. So, like, Ooh. I mean, you're just adding to the craziness. It's not too late in the year, so it's not going to be freezing in Chicago. But, yeah, the, the whole idea was this. You know, we, we started it with the Super Bowl two years ago. And the amount of community and connections that were made between fans and stuff, it was awesome. But then, you know, COVID happened, no games, no attendance. And so we were just chomping at the bit. And when the schedule came out, it was just like, why not? So what we're doing is, and you can find all this at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Um, we put together three road trip packages, basically. So we're going to Chicago, we're going to Philadelphia, and Los Angeles. And we've got discount hotel group rates for all those. And you can find all those links there. You don't even have to pay for anything. It's just there if you want to save some money. Um, but we're throwing a huge like kind of pep rally live broadcast the night before the games uh, in the city so that you can come hang out with the faithful. Um, got a couple different podcasters lined up and whatnot. And it's just going to be entertaining, giveaways, all that kind of stuff. And the whole idea was, man, it's all about community. And me, <laughs> I've flown to games by myself where you didn't know really people. And so it's kind of like, man, what do I do with my time and all that stuff? We wanted to get rid of that. Stay at the same hotel. We go to the party together. We go tailgate together, all those types of things. And so if you're just by yourself and can only afford one ticket, hey, you just travel with us. and We'll have a good time together. That's the whole idea. That sounds really cool. That'll be a lot of fun. It's L.A., Chicago, and Philly, you said? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And where can they find out more information about that? Yeah, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Uh, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. It's all there. All right. I want to talk a little bit more about that matchup against the Bears. Trey Lance, oh. if he will or should be playing by then, the rest of the 49ers draft class, and maybe if there could be some veteran additions to the 49ers roster before we start training camp next with John Chapman. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money. Then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than going to some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection of any parts you could imagine for your car or truck at rockauto.com. For example, a Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, week, what is it? Week eight, right? Against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. I'm torn on it because I think that would be so awesome to see Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. I'm sure every 49ers fan's just going crazy itching to see Trey Lance in a regular season game for the 49ers. At least we get some preseason games this year. I'm sure he'll play a ton of snaps in those. But if Trey Lance is playing at the midpoint of the season, that probably means either he's just way ahead of schedule or more likely the 49ers season didn't quite start 
as well as most people wanted. So it's like the more Jimmy plays, that probably means the team's doing better, right? That's the idea. And this is after the week six bye week, which I hate that that bye week fell on week six. It's the earliest option for all NFL teams bye week. And this is a longer season than we're used to. So I hate the bye week where it's at. But that's kind of the first circle of the day. Like this is where the transition could happen. Um, And so that's week six. Personally, I think week 11, uh, that's my prediction where I think uh, Trey Lance will finally get his reps in there. But sticking with what you said, Brian. Yeah, if Trey Lance is the quarterback week eight, you're looking at like a five and three, you know, five and, you know, four and two type record going into that game, probably. Things aren't smooth sailing at that point, which it's not a bad thing, but believe me, whatever I say, like Kyle Shanahan wants Jimmy Garoppolo to be the guy this year. I think everybody in the organization does and just allow Trey to, you know, sit and marinate and just absorb everything that he can before he gets in there. But, Jimmy Garoppolo will not be costing this team a season. Uh, he will get the hook if he is playing mediocre, I think, eventually. Especially, again, week five, six, seven, around that range. If 49ers aren't rolling, and then I think that's where the switch should be made. To be honest, with the way the 49ers basically have gone with Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's playing, they're probably going to be doing pretty well and in most of those games. So I don't envision it happening. I think I, the, the most likely scenario is probably that Garoppolo gets hurt, and that's when we first see Trey Lance. It's interesting you bring up Week 11. That's the Jaguars game, right? Right, yeah. It's right. It's because after the bye week, you go Colts, Bears, Cards, Rams. And so all staunch defenses, pretty tough defenses. So, you know, whenever I'm looking at bringing a quarterback in, I want them having – I want them coming into something to build confidence. You, you don't want to, like, break down a young prospect. He's the youngest quarterback in, rostered in the NFL currently. And so I think you got to be careful. In week 11, you got Jaguars, Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals. That, that's the next four games. He's had, you know, 10 weeks to kind of learn and go through all those things. I just think, again – Jimmy Garoppolo is not putting us over the top. Let's say we were, you know, we're in contention for the NFC West. I just think that would be the move. You get him in versus some weaker defenses and see if he can get to full swing by the time the playoffs come around. Week 11 is kind of what I've, I want to see. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out, though, for sure. I can envision, too, not so much even that Trey Lance is getting in and starting games, but Jaguars, you would hope the 49ers are beating them soundly. Maybe he gets a whole fourth quarter in a blowout. Maybe the Bengals game is a similar way. Maybe he gets action this season when he's not even starting at quarterback. That that's so people are floating around like the Taysom Hill, you know, stuff. I I'm not I'm not buying into that. Like I I don't want to see that type yeah. of package for him or anything. But yes, like how great is preseason going to be every year preseason? I always enjoy it because you get to see so many backups and I understand everybody kind of complains like, man, it's not very quality football, whatever else this year's going to be huge. And we're missing a preseason game. So it's like, ah, I want more preseason. So I'm curious to see the reps that he's going to get. And if he comes out, whether it's preseason fourth quarter blowout, doesn't matter. This fan base is already antsy. That's going to be a whole nother thing. Now, I do not believe Kyle Shanahan will succumb to any of those types of you know pressure from the fans or media. But it, this this place is going to it's going to ignite, man, because everybody wants to see the shiny new toy. Yeah, I don't think Shanahan is going to 
do anything differently because of any outside pressure, but I absolutely believe he could feel some pressure. And I think that's been a little misjudged by the 49ers in this whole thing. Like the, the whole month, it was really cute that they didn't, you know, let it leak and that they had Schefter guessing the wrong name. But the important part of it is that they got the guy right. And I think it maybe might backfire in the the way that the 49ers allowed fans to pick a player that they liked for a month and fall in love with maybe Mac Jones. Maybe they talked themselves into Mac Jones, even though it seemed like most fans didn't like Mac Jones or Justin Fields or whatever. And there's going to be so much second guessing with all of this now, too. And if if for, if first of all, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And it's not because you don't need quarterbacks and quarterbacks aren't important. It's because of the media scrutiny and the fan scrutiny and all the pressure that comes with it. If Garoppolo yep. makes one bad pass, it's we'll, we'll see it. We'll see it on Twitter. We'll see it on, you know, uh, with our listeners emailing us and tweeting us. And we will see it on all of the articles, all the national shows. If if Garoppolo has one bad game, it'll be just a wave of where's Trey Lance? Where's Trey Lance? If Trey Lance doesn't look great from his first preseason snap, basically be like, oh, did we draft the wrong guy? Is Does Justin Fields look better? Does Mac Jones look better? Didn't have to trade up. There's so many ways to second guess this. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and they should get credit for not letting people know what they were going to do, even though I don't know if it mattered that much. But that's not the important part. The important part is getting it right. And there's a lot of ways this could go wrong, and I think there's going to be a ton of pressure on Jimmy, and it's extra pressure on Trey Lance the way this all went down. It's going to be a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan too, and I think they can all probably handle it, but it's not like this is going to be just some rosy, nice, clean little, oh, look, Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, now we're going to go to the another. You know, there's going to be some kind of crazy drama with all this. And I think the I was asked yesterday. Somebody on Twitter asked, like, who's who are going to be the first ones that turn on Trey Lance, and what's going to cause that? I don't even think the drama has to start with the 49ers quarterback room. Garoppolo could be fine; it doesn't matter. It's when Fields or Mac Jones gets to start because I think both yeah. will start far before Trey Lance. If one of them, either one of them, is good to great, that's where it's going to start. Man, why didn't we just wait? You know, why did why did we give up so much to go get this guy? Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it was Fields. Ah, oh, uh, like that is going to take place before Lance even takes a snap. So the pressure and all those things, it's just gonna it's gonna be to a boiling point. Um, but you gotta like just wait. Like that's the idea. You gotta hope it's a situation, you know, not like what's happening in Green Bay with Jordan Love, where he was never even activated uh, <laughs> the whole year. Still kind of cracks me up a little bit. But um, you don't want that situation. I don't think that's gonna take place. Um, I, I'm pretty big Trey Lance guy. Uh, I, I, was, I I had him over Fields. I love Fields. Um, but you know, Trey Lance, I really felt like he just had every single thing that you needed. The only issue was the accuracy over the middle. That's definitely concerning the level of competition, but it's just a, it's a perfect pairing. And if you have somebody that works like he does off the field in the film room, all those things, I think the sky's the limit. And so what I would put out there is just wait. Just wait. Calm down. This kid's 21, barely. (laughs) Let's just see what he can bring to the table. That's amazing. I I think back to what I was doing 20 and 21. It's insane what he's been able to do and and to be put in that sort of – and that's that's another thing that's tough is most quarterbacks that come out and play well have played a lot of college football too. So Trey Lance, he has so much going for him, and he's he's like – you're absolutely nailed it with all of that. It's like you you want to preach patience, but we just know how reality of the situation is going to go. And even hearing Jed York talk about it, he's like, oh, it might take two years. Like, are you hearing yourself? 
Yeah. We we saw how long one month was on the NFL calendar in the offseason. Two years is an eternity. Fans are going to lose their minds if Trey Lance doesn't play for the first two seasons of his career. Um, but yeah, it's you got to preach patience and you hope that everyone follows that. It's not the way it's going to go. And it's one of the things I've said about the 49ers in all of this and, and how much they gave up to go up and get Trey Lance. Not only do they have to be right and hit on Trey Lance, that's an important part of it, but uh, there's going to be enough second guessing going on that not only do they have to get it right, they have to, he has to be better than the other guys too. So just being good might not even be enough. So this is a crazy situation the 49ers are in and there was a lot of drama for a month, but that drama I think is just scratching the surface of what we could see throughout this season with such a high profile starter on such a high profile team with such a high profile high pick as a backup. It's going to be very interesting. And I'll, I'll say this, and you know, Try, kind of transition this a little bit. You know, we talk about Trey Lance, and rightfully so. He's the quarterback, going to be the face of the franchise moving forward, all those things. They really only drafted one starter at, at eight picks, and it's a testament to kind of this, you know, the roster that they built during free agency that allowed them to spend so much draft capital to go get Trey Lance. But again, there's another guy in this draft that's going to be starting day one, and that's Aaron Banks. And, you know, he kind of, O-lineman, it's not sexy, it's a guard, not even a tackle or a center. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, these picks, when you look at them together, tell a story. And I really do love the way Kyle Shanahan kind of bucked the trend, all of his draft trends that he had set up. Like I didn't even grade Aaron Banks before the draft because I looked at his height, height and weight, and yep. I was like, no, Kyle Shanahan's not even going to watch this guy. I did the yeah, exact wrong. same thing. <laughs> For me, it's like speed dating when it comes to the draft. I can't look at 500 prospects. I have the limited amount of time. <laughs> Scouting department of one over here, you know? So <laughs> I'm like swiping left, swiping right. I see this guy's like, yeah, he might be okay, but this isn't a Shanahan-style guard. You know, I'm going to swipe the other way on this guy and move on to the next player so I was pretty shocked when he was the pick for the 49ers uh, that high at pick number 48 actually uh, what, let's pause on that I want to talk more about Banks more about the rest of the 49ers draft class next with John Chapman of 49ers Rush bet online is the fastest easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season full swing it's going to be going all summer long baseball just about every single day you can track all that at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs major league baseball nba nhl ufc mma action there's triple crown horse racing there is golf there is reality tv table games poker anything you want to get in on you can find that action at betonline.com so before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device, desktop, computer, whatever you got. A 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head to betonline.ag today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Do you want 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com? Well, listen up, and I'll tell you how you can get Tasty Treat, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, I'm staring at a box of Built Bars that I built myself. You can mix and match three flavors. I love the peanut butter. I also wanted to try some other flavors, so I went with toffee almond and one of the six new flavors, cookies and cream. 
130 calories in the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate, not a brown colored flavored chocolate weird coating. It's legit chocolate. So get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Okay, John, I know you are a fan of Aaron Banks. You started to talk about him a little bit there, and I've seen you tweet about him a little bit, and you are a breaker down of film. So really quick, aside from Trey Lance, who was your favorite selection by the 49ers this could be just the guy you think is the best player maybe maybe banks just because you think he's going to be the clear day one starter there at right guard uh maybe it's a value of a later round pick which what was your favorite selection by the 49ers in the 2021 draft yeah uh, my favorite was trey lance like i've been on that trey lance thing for a long time i know we just talked a lot about him you know i put the tweet out there that like uh, in december i was like i'm calling it now i think i was i was drinking that night i'm sure uh, <laughs> i was like i'm calling it now trey lance to the 49ers the shots that was frank gore, the trade up no doubt uh, th- yeah not that time unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> but but trey lance that one i love now if you're looking at non-trey lance picks probably my favorite pick is ambry thomas I love this kid's attitude, his film, all those things. And what's so fun about him and kind of a rarity with this draft class a little bit, not a lot of game tape. You know, he had that one year of production. He was an Adam Peters guy big time. And, you know, the quote that John Lynch had on Ambry Thomas, the the third round corner, we got to pick 102 for that Robert Sala compensation pick, um, was, hey, if he didn't opt out in 2020, we wouldn't have been able to get him. Everything is pointing through the roof with him and his attitude whenever he showed up. I don't know if you – I'm sure you watched all the rookie press conferences. They were boring. <laughs> they, were, they were really boring, but not Embry Thomas. His personality jumps off, um, and you could see it on the film too, just how competitive and almost like a Jalen Ramsey-type attitude on the film. And his play backs it up. You know, you go back and you watch him – versus Notre Dame in 2019, him and Chase Claypool, they are just banging heads the whole time. Each one of them kind of had some wins in that, but you could see very easily his skill set and how it's going to transfer to the NFL level. I think Ambry Thomas did fall through the cracks a little bit because he opted out of 2020, only had that one season. By the way, that's two That's two players. The 49ers drafted in the first three rounds and only played one season of college ball, essentially. So that's a it's gutsy moves there by the 49ers front office. And I think he would have gone higher than 102 probably. I I push back a little bit on some folks to say he might have gone top 50 and, and really high. I, I don't know if he has that sort of traits, but he's a player that definitely could play, play early in his career, earlier than you would think because of how much playing time he has. But, I, I, you know, the attitude. And I think Diamador Lenore, the other corner, fifth rounder from Oregon, similar. Like both those guys can come in. It's not going to be too big. They're going to, they're going to play their butts off and maybe they lack something here or there to be, you know, shut down guys. But I think they're players that you can plug in and play. And it's pretty clear the 49ers don't value corners as much as maybe we all expected they would have in the draft and, and need that outside shutdown guy. They really want to be great up front and they think they can just get football players and put them in the back end and be solid in the defensive backfield, and I think that's what they got, is a, is a couple of solid players that have the right attitude at cornerback in this draft. 
And, you know, you bring that. I agree with you completely. Because in the second round, when they were on the clock at 43, Asante Samuel Jr. was still there. And, like, that just made so much sense. Because if you, if you talk to, you know, 49ers Twitter and fans, everybody was saying corner, 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 corner. That's not what they do here, right? They trade back. <laughs> Asante Samuel went one pick in front of us. Curious to see if they would have, you know, what they would have done if he was still there at 48. But obviously they said Aaron Banks was the pick all along, which I'm fine with. Um, like, I, again, he's the only starter in this in this draft class. Embry Thomas could win a job. You know, somebody could fight to win a job. Trey Sermon, you know, he's going to get kind of starter reps with Raheem Mostert there as well. But, like, it's Aaron Banks is starting. And usually when you go into a draft, you're looking for, you know, three to four starters. But this roster doesn't really have those holes. And so you kind of address one of those issues. And, and like you said, corner, they're just like, we'll throw some guys in there. And we don't have to trade up. We're just going to sit at 102. Somebody's going to be there. We'll take whoever's left. Um, I know that John Lynch mentioned um, Paulson Adebu as well from Stanford as somebody that he liked. He let that slip during the press conference uh, after the pick, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just kind of that's what they're, they're just we'll take what's left. That was interesting. And that's one thing I do appreciate with the 49ers new regime here is they will let that kind of thing slip and and maybe some old school scouting moves and, and the way that most teams look at value and stuff like that and being aggressive and trading up isn't your standard fare for a front office, but neither is like letting people know who you might've taken instead. And I'm glad we get some of those nuggets with the 49ers. I still wish we could get one of those accidental clean shots at the 49ers draft boards. Those those are always fun when other teams let those loose. Still haven't seen much of that with the 49ers, but they are pretty forthcoming with some of that stuff. And he did let that slip about the Stanford corner, which I wouldn't have been shocked at if he was there for the 49ers. thought that would have been a fantastic pick there uh, in the third round. Did you have a pick that you didn't love that the 49ers made where you, you, you at first you thought, ah, it's not great, and the more you look at it, you're like, yeah, what, what were they thinking there with the value with this pick? Jalen Moore. Um... Jalen Moore is interesting to me because I, I watched a little bit of his film uh, before the draft, and I was like, all right, I can see some things here. But the question was, what does he bring that you don't already have? You know, it's a fifth-round pick. It went 155 overall. You already got one guard. And, again, like, whenever I graded his film, I was like, this guy's not playing tackle at the next level. His feet are just nowhere near where they need to be. So he gets to be a developmental guy. He gets to sit, and what I think, this pick does is it basically says Lakin, you got to play for your contract um, because we're going to let this guy just kind of sit. And I don't think there's any chance he really plays this year. Even if there is an injury, I think Brunskill would be the first one, you know, for that interior offensive lineman position. So he's going to need at least two injuries to the interior offensive line before he's going to see the field this year. But then I started thinking about it more and more. And the reason why I liked it is because Colton McKivitz, if it, you know, we got him last year from West Virginia, and he was he was fighting for that guard spot with Tom Compton. He's not a guard; he's a tackle. That's the way the 49ers graded him, and I think that's going to allow him to kick to swing tackle spot and compete there. So initially, I was like, "Man, I don't like this pick," but I think that it gets people into the proper positions that they need to be. Colton McKivitz proved he's not going to be a quality guard, and we addressed that with Aaron Banks and then Jalen Moore. We'll see if Colton McKivitz can compete at that swing tackle spot. Um, I think him and Justin School, I think that's going to be a fun competition. And uh, we'll have to see how that pans out. I agree with you. Corner was 
pretty clear that they needed depth there and they needed talent. So drafting two corners wasn't surprising, but two guards was surprising. First of all, just a guard that high, but then just two guards because they have, what, 15 or 16 offensive linemen they're bringing to camp this year. I, I guess one of them is Weston Richburg, so he doesn't really count. So 15 offensive linemen, like those guys can't make it. They're going to take nine maybe, right? And then seven suit up on game day. So there's going to be a battle to the death between the Brunskills and Colton McKivitz and Compton and Sean Coleman and both rookies. And um, I think I'm missing some guys too. School, like I'm trying to figure out if they just don't like school and McKivitz or if it's they're really trying to prepare for the future and they're going to take an extra offensive lineman into the season on their 53 because of Lake and Tomlinson going into the last year of his contract too. And they, they know they might need two starting guards out of this class. Um, Alex Mack, Alex Mack isn't that young. Brunskill is the one to me that I still think is the third best tackle on this team. I think he's miscast inside. I think it's a waste if Brunskill's your backup center, and that's it, too. So uh, there's some big questions still with this offensive line after the starters. I'm fascinated to see how these guys are taking reps in camp and in the preseason and how the team actually views the depth chart there. And I think if you look back, and two out of the last three years have been ruined because of injuries. And yeah, we've got so <laughs> our depth chart is stacked. Like it, we are the inverse or opposite of the Rams. Like two completely different philosophies. They're completely top end with no depth. We're the other way around. We have so much depth at every position. But two out of three years for Shanahan has been ruined because of injuries. Last year we lost five centers before the first game. <laughs> it's so it's like he basically drafted, saying, "All right." We've had quarterback injuries. We've had interior offensive line injuries. We've had running back injuries. Guess what? We're loading the cabinet full of these three positions, and if people get hurt, no, nothing's stopping us. Injuries cannot be our excuse anymore at these positions. And so, again, you're right, man. They, they only brought in four undrafted free agents. That is mind-boggling. If you look back to when they first showed up, because they brought in like 30, and I know with COVID, there's certain rules and all those things. But this roster, it's got a lot of talent that will be picked up by other teams. One last question here. You mentioned the Rams. Could the 49ers pull a Rams-like move and add a big-time veteran player to this roster before camp starts? The big name that's out there right now that could be on the move post-June 1st is Julio Jones. And I think the 49ers have a, just a ton of bodies at wide receiver. It's an odd group right now. I think they could stand to add a talent like Julio Jones. I don't think Marquise Lee is it. He's had three catches since 2017. Julio Jones, what do you think? And what would you give up for a Julio Jones? So I, I love Julio. And and who loves Julio more than me? It's probably Kyle Shanahan, yep. obviously. Uh, I mean, he's brought up Julio's name so many times in press conferences when asked about wide receiver play. And all like, yeah, you want a Julio Jones. You want a Julio Jones. Well, you want a Julio type. And so the Kyle Shanahan loyalty program, it's always in full stride. Like he brings everybody with him. Um and so there's no doubt that there's some interest there. You know, if you look at Vegas odds, 49ers are the favorite. They do have some cap room, not enough. You'd have to definitely move some stuff around. But yeah, it, it's a position of need. Julio definitely would want this trade to take place. But what's it going to cost? And I think that the cost is a second round pick. I don't think the 49ers are willing to pay that. Uh, at least they shouldn't be. If you remember, 
I think it was two or three years ago when we didn't have like a second, third, or fourth round pick, and it drove John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan crazy and said, we're never doing that again. So can Kyle keep himself back <laughs> and not stick his head in the cookie jar That's the thing. one more time? Yeah, because you know Kyle Shanahan next March, February, April – is going to see a first round prospect. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep if we don't get that guy. It's like, well, you gave up your first rounders, man. Yep. And if you give up your second round or two, you're definitely not touching anybody until probably late round three. You might not, you, you might barely have one pick in the top 100 players in the draft. So uh, that's Here's, sort of the rub. Here, real quick, I'm sorry. This is just, I think if you're going to get them, you've got to do a, a sneaky trade where you do like a fourth round pick and a young, cheap player. Because the Falcons are over, the Falcons can't even sign their draft class. Like they don't have enough cap to sign their draft picks. Like they have to move somebody, and so it's either Julio, which they have to wait until after June first. So we'll find out here in a couple weeks, just because of the way the contract and cap numbers work, they can spread out the penalty over two years. But they've or Grady Jarrett, like they're losing top tier talent players. So if you could send them a player that's on a rookie deal um, with some promise, then I think that could happen. So it's going to take. Some interesting finagling um, for to make that work, but yeah, just a straight second round pick. I would say no to that. Uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to pay that price. Well, the 49ers have about five running backs that I like over any of the running backs currently on the Falcons roster. So a running back could definitely be a part of this thing. They're they're about to start Mike Davis, and his backup is Quadri Allison, uh, a, a guy by the name of. <laughs> Tony Brooks James, which is three first names, which might be a record. Uh, so, like, I don't even know what they expect to do at running back. So, a running back could definitely be going the other way if they did make a swap with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd, I'd be 100% on par with that because, again, like we said, there's a lot of guys that aren't going to be making this roster. And you match up some of the needs for other teams. They need offensive line help. They need running back help for sure. You package some of those guys together, you know, maybe buy down that price a little bit. I, I, I think everybody would be all for that. Yeah, maybe, yeah, a fourth this year plus a conditional pick if he stays healthy for, for 2023 maybe. So that way you get out of it with, you know, like a fourth and a third. I, I think Julio might be had for less than people expect just because there's so few teams that can take on his cap number that it might start to make sense. At first, I was like, oh, there's no chance. The 49ers, you know, they already gave up too much, don't have enough draft capital, don't have the cap space. But when you look at it, if it's just taking on the talent, I bet the 49ers will be willing to do it. And if the 49ers don't take on that contract, they might give that money that they have left over under the cap to someone like uh, Richard Sherman and bring him back too. Yeah, uh, it, it may, that makes more sense. That makes more sense because you're not losing anything. Um, you're not losing draft capital or players or whatever. And again, if you brought Richard Sherman in, what that does do is it basically ensures or almost you know, helps qualify Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore to improve because you got an extra coach, you got a mentor, all those things in, the, in that, that space. I would love that. I prefer that over the Julio thing, even though I think Julio would be more of a dynamic player in this offense. But just the cost and the cap number, totally different, different spectrums completely. Fantastic stuff. That is John Chapman. You can find the 49ers Rush podcast everywhere you find podcasts. You can find it on YouTube as well if you want to if you want to look at his mug while you're listening to him talk about the 49ers. Some film breakdowns too as well. I know you do there on YouTube, John. You can find him on Twitter at JL underscore 
Chapman. It's going to be a fascinating season. Uh, this is really a new era for 49ers football with the Trey Lance era coming in in 2021. I can't wait to watch it happen. And John, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Absolute blast, man. Thanks, BP.